I get a lot of my theology from, uh, well, uh, Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. And, uh, I, of course, I love Winnie the Pooh. Got the bear, bear with the honey, you know, got that happening. Then, of course, you got Tigger, everybody's favorite, Tigger. You know, the pouncer, the bounces, we, we love that. It's always a party, life of the party. You got Christopher Robin. He's the token human on the, on the cartoon. And then we've got Eeyore, okay, Eeyore. And I don't want to preach the whole message on Eeyore, but I could preach the whole message on don't be Eeyore, okay? That's what I should have titled the message, don't be Eeyore today. You know, there's a lot of different things wrong with Eeyore. Eeyore, he is, uh, he's, oh, nobody loves me. And no, I didn't get to invited to the party. Nobody wants to be with me. And it, it's just that attitude. And, and, and really, when it comes down to it, the, the greatest thing that's wrong with Eeyore is he's just negative. He's negative and he's missing out on having an attitude of gratitude. A thankful attitude is the greatest way to eliminate negative thinking. If you struggle with negative thinking, being pessimistic, looking at the glass half empty all the time, struggling with your thoughts and and, and heaviness with your thoughts, if you struggle with negative thinking, the greatest way to get out of negative thinking and change your life is by putting on an attitude of gratitude. You know, I don't know about you, but I never want to be the one that's not thankful. I don't want to be the one that's not grateful. This week I was connecting with one of my friends. That is a, he's been walking with the Lord for decades. He loves the Lord. He loves the word. I shared with him a little bit about what I'm going to be talking about. And he says, you know something, Steve? One thing that I've noticed in my life, that if at the end of the day, I look back and I've not thanked the Lord 10 to 15 times throughout the day, I'm probably not walking close to him. I started thinking about that. I'm like, well, I do that. And then I started saying, well, why do I do that? Why do I thank the Lord? And I started to think of the reason why I do it is because throughout the day, the enemy will bring thoughts to my mind, okay? And he'll say stuff like, um, Oh, it make me want to feel jealous of someone or something that someone has or wants me to feel offended for somebody that's hurt my feelings. OK, uh, anything he'll bring all kind of things to my mind that make me restless and not have peace, the peace of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? OK, for me, it happens every day of my life, multiple times. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't like those feelings. Okay, so I'm that kind of person. If I don't, I avoid pain. Okay, I don't like uncomfortable. I don't like bad feelings. And so I just naturally realized if every time one of those thoughts comes to my mind, I thank God instead of falling into temptation, that my life goes a different direction. So whenever I go and I'm offended by somebody, I say, instead of focusing on what they did, Lord, I thank you for that person. I thank you, Lord, that you, you raised them up, Lord. You're in charge of them. Lord, there's a call on your life. Lord, would you save them if you can? I don't know if you can, but would you save them? Would you bless them? You know, not a whole bunch. No, bless them. But, and you, you begin to thank him. You know, when some type of jealousy comes to you, Lord, I just bless. Lord, would you give them more? Would you give them more? 
Yeah, we Lord bless them. Give them. And so when when heaviness and 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 it comes to your thoughts and negativity, begin to thank Him and say, Lord, oh no, I'm not going there. I have too much to be thankful for. I'm not going to hell. I'm going to heaven. Okay, thank you, Lord. My destiny, my eternal destiny, means that I'm going to be with you forever. Even though right now life sucks for me. Okay, it's okay. I love you, and I'm going to heaven. You see, when you begin to start doing that, your life will change. Your thoughts will change. Your life will change. I don't know about you, but I want to be the one that is thankful. Today's message, I truly believe, can change your outlook on your life. It's entitled, Be the One. Will you put your finger up like this? Now I want you to, to two people, I want you to say, be the one to your neighbor. Be the one. Tell him, be the one. Now look at me. Put your finger back up. Okay? It's not hard. It's not, I promise, it's not hard. Not even embarrassing. Okay? Look at me and say, I'm the one. Say it again. I'm the one. Let's just declare, we are the one. You know why you want to be the one? I'll tell you why. Because grateful people are attractive people. I want to be attractive. <laughs> I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be grateful. Not only are grateful people attractive people, grateful people attract people. And we have influence. You know, you could be lost as a goose, all right, and still be attractive to people. You can be a reprobate, okay, and, and truly be attracted to people if, okay, you have a grateful heart and you're willing to express it going to ask you a serious question, okay? How many of you are Bachelor fans? Please don't put your hand up. I do not want to judge you, okay, and call you out. Bachelor fans, all right? I, you, know, I, 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 you know, I call that trash TV, all right? So yeah, it's just that, that's, that's not where we need to go in my life, and I, I'll pray for you about that. But Lisa and I saw these advertisements of Golden Bachelor, I said, honey, let's watch that. I want to see our kind. <laughs> so we've been watching Golden Bat, no judgment, all right? Don't, don't, I'm sure there's all kind of ungodly things on there, all right? But for this illustration, I'm, I'm submitting myself to you. I'm right there on the ledge, all right? So Gary is the bachelor. He's 72 years of age, all right? Okay? He's got all these other ladies, whatever, and they do their thing, bachelor thing, and and uh, not only do all the ladies have fallen in love or I'm falling in love, whatever they do, okay? All right, they know him three weeks, but that's what they're doing. And he's been kissing other ladies, but they're in love. Okay, so. But all of Bachelor Nation loves Gary. You know why people are attracted to Gary? It's not a 70-year-old, 72-year-old rock-hard abs because he doesn't have them, okay? It's because every conversation he has with someone, he's able to say, thank you for this. I appreciate this about you. And he's always thankful and grateful. And so because of that, we're attracted to him, okay? On Bachelor, okay? We're attracted to to him. You know, please pray for me. I need help, all right? <laughs> so what's the alternative to being thankful? 
this is not where we want to go, okay? We're not the one. Say, I'm not the one, all right? I'm not the one. Ungrateful, negative, sour, bitter, depressed, visionless, hopeless, entitled, self-centered, grumbling, complaining. You know, we don't want to be that. That's the opposite. You know, by the way, no one has to try to be ungrateful. It's just sinful nature. It's just natural for us to be ungrateful. So we have to put some effort in our lives. We have to bring some self-control in our minds and our thoughts and our words to become grateful. Because, you know, a thankful heart will do a lot of things, but three things it will do. It will break, okay? It will break complaining. It will break a spirit of offense. It will break negativity all of us, all over us. And so if you begin to incorporate an attitude of gratitude in your life, no matter what you're going through, that offense, that complaining, that negativity, that why people want to repel from you, okay? Because that's, that's what happens when we're not grateful, we repel. But when we're grateful, we bring people. We're, we're, we, we, are, we appeal. And so... Um, a lady that's an author, um, her name is Melody Beatty. Um, she's an American author. You know, she had a horrendous, horrendous life and growing up. And uh, she was abandoned, and then she was kidnapped, kidnapped, and then she was sexually abused, and then she had alcohol and drugs, addiction to cover up all the pain. Then, of course, she was divorced, and then she lost a child. I mean, it is a resume for a bummer life. Okay, really a bummer life. She wrote a book, and within the book, the pages of her book, one of the sentences she said was, gratitude makes sense of our past. Anybody have a past here? Might not quite understand it. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. That's the kind of person I want to be. I want to be the one with a thankful heart. There's so many thankful verses in the scripture. I'll just read a few of them. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Thank God in everything, in everything. Thank God, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks for this is the will of God for you. Okay, Ephesians 5, 20. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Revelation 11, chapter 17. We give thanks. We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is, who was, and is to come. First Chronicles 16, 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known his doings among the people. We could go on for days. Just, go, just Google scripture on thankfulness, or, and you will just have pages after pages. One of the, I, I just want to share with you one particular principle that, that that's comes to my mind that I want to right off the bat talk to you about. And this is it. Don't focus on what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do. Don't focus on what you don't have. Be thankful for what you do. Do you understand that's a discipline? Because naturally we want to focus on what we don't have. 
okay, or who we're not, or who we're not with. That's the natural thing. And so supernaturally, we've got to discipline ourselves and be thankful for what we do have. Nick Wojcik, who is a, uh, a minister and evangelist, he was here just a couple of months ago, and he also was the evangelist that had the big Jesus tent out just this way, saw many people saved right here on our property. He is a, a mighty man of God. He has uh, preached throughout the nations. He has millions and millions of people that have, have heard him. So many people have, have been saved under his ministry. And uh, he was born with no arms and no legs. No arms and no legs. And every time you hear Nick preach, he never complains about not having arms and legs. You never hear him complaining. He, he, he is grateful, okay, always grateful that God saved him. He's grateful that God called him to preach. He's grateful for the influence that he has with millions of people, princes, kings, presidents, that he's got to speak into their lives. He's grateful for his lovely wife, his four children. He's grateful. I want you to understand something. Nick did not get where he is today by focusing on what he doesn't have. He just didn't. American writer and cartoonist Frank A. Clark said, if a fella isn't thankful for what he's got, he isn't likely to be thankful for what he's going to get. So many of us, were talking about what we want, what we want, what we want. We need to be thankful for what we have. Because at some point you think we're going to be thankful. No, we forget that God blessed us. We forget the miracles of the past. And so we need to be thankful for what God has done in our lives. Can you say be the one? Be the one. Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through 19. Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. And Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem. He reached, as, as, he, as he continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered the village there, ten, ten lepers, those with leprosy, that illness, horrible skin disease, they stood at a distance, had stood at a distance. They were not close to Jesus because they were not allowed to be close to anyone, according to the law. And stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go on, go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. What a miracle. Amazing. Can you say the next phrase? One of them. Can you say one of them? One of them. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. A few principles that I want to us to glean from this passage. The first one is gratitude draws us closer to him. Gratitude will always draw us closer to God. We see the 10 lepers stood at a distance. There was a distance between Jesus and the lepers. The law required it. Okay. But, and, and then I began to think, okay, what are the things that bring distance between us and God? Trials sometimes do. Sometimes sickness 
disappointment, you know, a loss of hope, depression, uh, illness, all kind of accidents, all kind of things, you know, lack that come to sometimes come to our mind that makes us have some distance between us and God when we don't handle them the right way. Verse 15 says, but one of them, one of them, it says he was, saw that he was healed. He came back to Jesus and he shouted, praise God. He fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. The Amplified Version says this. He lay face downward at Jesus' feet, thanking him over and over and over. Has God performed a miracle in your life? Do we thank him over and over and over and over for them? Let me just tell you this. I don't want to be like the nine. I don't want to be like the 90% that forgets the miracles, that, do, that, 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 doesn't, uh, that doesn't walk in gratitude. I want to be the one. Here at Church 1132, we have a value, and it's, and it's um, presence over everything. God's presence over everything. And, it's, and, and basically, we have that because we understand how important being connected to God and his presence is. In order for us to walk in his presence and experience his presence, okay, we need to understand that gratitude produces presence. It's gratitude that moves us into the presence of God. Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. How do we enter? How do we get to Jesus? How do we get to God? It says, enter with thanksgiving and praise. Give thanks to him. Praise his name. You know, many times we might think, hey, if I got healed of leprosy, if I got healed of leprosy, I'd have a, a thankful attitude as well. Well, 90% didn't. So are you in the 90% or the 10%? Because we've all been touched by God. We've all had miracles. Are we still basking in those miracles with gratitude? And so we get to a point where we're like, well, if, if God would only deliver me of this addiction, you know, if God would only heal me of this illness, then I'd, then I'd be close to him. If God would only provide for me in the midst of my lack, if God would only rescue me out of this situation, if God would only restore me with this relationship, then I'll give gratitude to him. 90% didn't. 90% did. And if we don't have, make a concerted effort consistently, we won't either. It's got to be a discipline that we incorporate in our lives. Psalm 95 verse 2 says, let us come before his presence. How do we come before his presence? With thanksgiving. I want to be the one that draws close to him. Gratitude draws us closer to him. Secondly, gratitude gets his attention. I don't know about you, but I'm like, God, here, here I am. Here I am. You ever been like that? Are you there? I'm here. I want your attention. Well, the greatest way for us to get his attention is to thank him and give him praise and be grateful for what he's done in our life. Verse 17 says, Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? By the way, ungrateful people get his attention too. He notices. I don't like that. 18. Has no one returned to give glory to God except this one? Has no one? I noticed this one. But it's amazing to me that the nine aren't there. 
But I notice this one here. I notice it. You know, children, you know, innately want to get their daddy's attention. And if they don't, if they don't get it in a good way, they'll get it in a bad way, right? Okay, we know that. Well, I remember my son when he was probably second or third grade, uh, he got my attention, okay, in a good way this time. It was a good way this time. <clears throat> Every summer, we would take our whole family, and we'd go to family camp. And at family camp, you know, you had a bookstore there, you, you, had, um, you, you had refreshments, snack bar, and so we would always give our children a certain amount of money, okay, to spend throughout the week, and they could budget it, and don't come back. We gave you the money, and so we, so, but we, we had like most parents have a problem when you drive eight hours with three kids, okay? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's not the most pleasant. So what we did, we, just, we devised a scheme. Lisa and I devised a scheme, a parenting tool, okay? A parenting trick. And so we, we, we said, this is the amount of money we're going to give you, as we always do, but we're giving it to you in quarters, okay? And we're putting it in a jar. And so as we're driving and, and they begin to start acting up, we just shake the jar. Your money's getting ready to become my money, Oh, I'm sorry, Stephen. Oh, I'm going to take two quarters out for that one. And so all of a sudden, we had three little angels driving with us. <laughs> I remember that year, the very first time the bookstore opened, Stephen went to the bookstore and bought me a gift. He spent every bit of his money on a gift. Many years later, I still have this gift. And it's a gift that's a thoughtful gift because even then he knew how much the cross meant to me. You see, Stephen got my attention with his gratitude. How many of you know that Stephen had plenty of money to spend <laughs> the rest of the week? And knowing him, he probably tried to do the same thing next year, the next year. <laughs> Psalm 50, verse 23 says, He who sacrifices thank offerings, we give thank offerings, honors me. He says he, it, it honors him. And he prepares the way so that I may show him salvation of God. When we sacrifice and we give thanks, okay, we honor him. And we get back, it says, the salvation of God. That word is the word sozo, okay? And that word means much more than just saving from our sins. Yes, it is saving us from our sins, but it also means healing, the sozo of God. Deliverance from darkness, the sozo of God. Restoration, the sozo of God. And so when we give thanks and we offer thanks to him, we're honoring him. And then we're receiving these blessings in return. I don't know about you. I really want to be the one. I want to be the one. And so as, as gratitude, we see that gratitude draws us closer to God as well as it gets God's attention for us. Thirdly and lastly, gratitude invites his blessings, invites his blessings. In verse 19, it says, And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. This is my interpretation. He sees the man that had leprosy. And he says, You've been healed. Now go 
inherit your blessings. Go be with your family. Go get your job. Go be with people. No longer are you the outcast. No longer are you the sick and lame and, and one who's cast aside. You see, I, that's what I see. And it's the blessings of God. Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 says, thanking, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part. I love this. In everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. When we're thanking him, we get to experience everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. You see, gr gratitude is the gateway to the blessed life. Gratitude is the gateway. You want the blessed life? Begin to have an attitude of gratitude and begin to start thinking, Lord, as I thank you, since we're strong enough to take part in everything that you have for us that's bright and beautiful. Real quick, three things that are bright and beautiful that, that the Lord gives, us to, gives to us when we're grateful. The first is love, experiencing the love of the Father. Psalms 107.1 says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Listen to this. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. And it says his faithful love endures forever. If you want to experience that faithful love, a faithful love of the Father that you can only get from our Heavenly Father, begin to give him thanks. Incorporate it in your life. Secondly, peace. He'll give us peace. Um, it's a wonderful gift that he has, a beautiful, one of the beautiful and bright gifts. Peace. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It's the scripture where it says, be anxious for nothing. It says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Don't miss it. With thankful hearts, okay, offer up your prayers and requests to God. So we're to pray, we're to make requests, but always with thanks, thankful hearts. Then when we have thankful hearts and we're praying, then because you belong to me, God will bless you with what? Peace. He blesses you with peace. Peace that cannot be comprehended, cannot be completely understood. And then look at this. And this peace will control the way you think and feel. Anybody here today struggling with the way you think and feel? I do. I do. Let me tell you this right now. The way you can, you can walk out of that negative thinking and feeling is being thankful, having thankful hearts as we pray and incorporating the peace of God, and then it will control our feelings and our thoughts. When I was um, six years of age, I had three older sisters, two, stair step two years, and we, we had a family vacation. We were in the Gulf, <clears throat> and my dad took us out on the beach and out in the water, and we were going, some of you, many of you done this, go from sandbar, and then it's deeper, then you go to sandbar, and then, and so we were doing, hopping the sand, going out further, going out further, and so <clears throat> my dad would go out first, and then, and we were all really good swimmers, and so he was fine, and so then we would go out and follow him. Well, he did this again, but unfortunately, he, there was no sandbar. <clears throat> and unknown to him, that it, it was a historically bad day for an undertow, for bad currents. And the current began to take him. And uh, he knew that he was going to drown. And so my dad, when he's 89, he's 91 now, when he's 89 years of age, he finished his book. It's called My Life Experiences. 
And it's a whole bunch of just stories about his life and what God has done in his life. And so as he, as he did this, as he wrote this book, I want to read just this passion, passage when he was, knew he was about to drown. He says, many thoughts came to my mind. My mother's father had died in Galveston Gulf when she was only three. What about my kids on the sandbar? Who would protect them? What kind of life would my family have without their father? Nearing exhaustion, I decided not to alert the kids that I, that I was in real difficulty because I might jeopardize their safety. The Lord gave me calmness, and I turned on my back, floating and paddling myself in a, in a northeasterly direction. I knew that I was going to drown, so I thanked God for my life that he had given to me. I asked God to protect my family, to comfort them, to comfort my mother since she would have lost not only her father but her son. He he goes on to say, I was fellowshipping with God. You're dying, Dad. I was fellowshipping with God, gently floating on my back, calm as ever in a trance-like state. There was no fear in dying. I have no idea how long I was there in that state. Well, don't want to run the story, but he made it. He's, he's still alive. Isn't it interesting, though? Even in the midst of dying, my dad had trained his mind that he's going to be thankful in all things. And when he was thankful in all things, what happened? The supernatural, miraculous peace of God came upon him, and God did save him. Lastly, the last beautiful and bright thing, victory, victory, victory. We see in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We can always be grateful for victory. We can always be grateful that God saw us at our worst and he sent his best. God saw us in rebe- with rebellion and sin and, and sent Jesus to die on the cross for us and to save us. No longer do we have to build, be guilty. No longer do we have to have unforgiveness. No longer do, do we have to have shame in our lives because of the cross. Victory, victory comes from gratitude and thankfulness. The Bible even says the God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath our feet. So when we, this is what this is what it's like. As you thank God, you experience peace. As you experience peace, you experience victory. I want to be the one to thank Him all the time. You know, in concluding, I understand some of us have trained our thoughts and mind to be thankful. And some of us haven't. And no way am I uh, belittling the pain that you might be going through and the struggles that you've had in your life. In no way. And you might be here today and say, Pastor, (laughs) I hear what you're saying, but you don't understand the darkness I'm dealing with right now. You don't understand the pain that I'm dealing with. You don't understand the heaviness I'm dealing with. the, The last thing on my mind is I want to thank, give thanks to God. just as a brother in Christ implore you 
try it? Will you just try it? The Bible even calls it a sacrifice of praise in Hebrews chapter 13. It's a sacrifice. Some of us, you're having to sacrifice more than I'm probably having to sacrifice with it right now. And I understand that. But with great, the greater the sacrifice, the greater the blessing. I believe that. And so through him then, let us continually offer up sacrifice of praise to God. Okay, what is a sacrifice of praise? It gives us the definition. The sacrifice of praise, okay, that is the fruit of the lips, something coming up on our lips. What is it? Give thanks to his name. And so when we give thanks to the Lord, to his name, okay, we are presenting a sacrifice of praise to him. This past year, I lost one of the dearest friends I've had in my life, Jim Troublefield. He was not only a dear friend, but he was a personal accountability partner. We met weekly for years and years. He was also on our board uh, for pretty much the duration of of the existence of this church. Um, He had ALS. And every time I'd go visit him, he looked worse and got worse. But every time I visited him, he never lost his grateful heart. And every time I was there, he cried, but he never cried. Tears of sorrow. There were always tears of gratitude. Grateful that God had saved him. Grateful that God had saved his marriage. Grateful that God gave him children and grandchildren and the life that he got to live. He believed for healing up until the day he died. But there was a time he knew he was going to die unless God did a miracle. And so a man that knew that death was imminent is going to have a wife that was without him, children and grandchildren to grow up without him. But he continued to the day he died to be grateful and thank. It encourages me. It encourages me. I think about a man that was born with no arms and legs but never focuses on what he doesn't have, always focuses on gratitude and thankfulness for what God has done in his life. It encourages me, you too, no matter what you're going through, no matter what pain you're experiencing, what loss you've had, you too can step in and incorporate gratitude in your life and see your life change and the direction of your life change. You know, I don't know about you, but I want to be the one. I want to be the one to thank him in the midst of my pain. I want to be the one to thank him in the midst of my loss. I want to be the one to thank him in the midst of my broken relationship. I want to be the one to thank him in the midst of my lack. I want to be the one to thank him in the midst of my tough circumstances. I want to be the one to thank him in the midst of my trials. I don't know about you, but we serve a God that's worthy of being thanked. And he's blessed us. He's given us miracles after miracles and after miracles. God has not called you to be the 90. Stop being the 90%. Be the one. Be the one that God's called you to. When you're the one, you'll sense his presence. You'll sense his power and you'll receive his blessings. Will you please stand up with me?